So tonight I want to talk about faith that possesses the promise of God. First of all, I want to identify and say one thing, that if you are a child of God, if you're a born-again believer, what brings you into the family of God, it, makes, it, it, it brings you to, to be into a place of sonship. If you are a believer, if you are a, a born-again believer, you have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, uh, then, then that means that you are, in fact, a child of God. And if you're a child of God, in fact, this is one thing that's true, that there are available promises uh, of, of God for you tonight. That if you are a child of God, don't care where you're at tonight, what you're dealing with tonight, what you have, what you don't have tonight, makes no difference. You, you, you have available to you, there are many promises uh, that God has for you as his child. Uh, to look at that and understand that more closely, I'm going to look at the book of Hebrews chapter number one, and I'm just going to highlight the first four verses of chapter one in the book of Hebrews. Again, the book of Hebrews chapter number one, I'm going to highlight this tonight to kind of highlight and to emphasize and to put uh, credence on the, the fact that, that we are, amen, um, children of God, and as children of God, that we, there are available promises uh, that comes in that re covenant relationship between God and his children. And, and chapter 1, verse 1 says this, God who at various times, God who at various times and in various ways that he spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, now, understand this right in the night. We believe, and we don't know this for surety, but we do believe that it was the Apostle Paul who wrote the book of, of Hebrews. He's writing the book of Hebrews, writing this book to Hebrews or Jews who had accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who are now also the family of God. They have been going through persecutions. They have been going through sufferings. And because they have been going through many things, they have started to, to, to entertain different teachings and different persuasions of the word of God. And many of those word of God was to move Jesus Christ, uh, not so much to totally reduce him or to take him out of place, uh, but to reduce his role to them. And, and this writing, the whole entire book of Hebrews is to encourage the children of God to keep Jesus Christ as first and foremost to make sure that Jesus Christ is the object of everything they do, to help them to understand there was teachings that were coming that was talking about angels were just as, as, as divine and, and just as powerful as Jesus. We'll see that in a minute. And, and so, and, and, and so he, the Hebrew writer wants to encourage them and wants to instruct them to, to help them understand, make sure that you keep Jesus Christ in his place, that he is the son of God. And, and that he is the one, amen, that everything that's made available to you come through him. And that your object of your faith must continue to stay focused on him and him only. And this is what the Hebrew writer says in the book of Hebrews chapter number one. You know, that really is a teaching for this time, even for the church that we have, even for the universal church. When they, the universal church is starting to entertain uh, many different type of persuasions of teachings. The Bible calls it doctors of demons. Uh, that they're trying to lure people away. And, and the devil does this. He will never tell you to totally abandon Christ. But he will tell you to, uh, to, 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 to reduce Christ's role in your life and to submit to other things. And what you, have reduced, what you have done is that you have made the grace of God for your life almost of none effect. And so Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, he's dealing with them. He starts out making a point that God, who at various times and in various ways, he spoke in time past to the father, but to the fathers or to their fathers. He's talking about to, to, to the generations before them, their fathers, their forefathers, and that he's spoken in times past to the fathers by the prophets. He says in, 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 the, in times in the past that God did speak to your fathers to your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers, your great-great-grandfathers. He spoke to them by the prophets. But this is what he says in verse 2. He says, but has in these last days he spoken to us by his son, that God does not speak, amen, uh, 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 just need the prophets to speak when he has his son that he speaks through, and it's through his son that God gives the revelation because without the revelation you have no promises. 
You have promises, but they can't be revealed to you, so you don't know what your promises are. The, the, the Bible is the revelation of God. When God gives you a rhema word, that is the revelation of God. And so what the Hebrew writer says that you cannot get the revelation through no other source but only through Jesus Christ. So this is what he's telling them. He says you can, you, 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 you can hear the words from a prophet, but even the prophets must get the word from Christ. So in these last days, he says, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed, listen, to be the heir of all things. He's talking about the Father God that he has appointed his son, Jesus Christ. There's only one heir to the Father's throne, and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one heir. There's not two heirs, there's not three heirs. I know people talking about this as a universal faith, and, and it doesn't matter who you serve. We're all going to be, be in, in the same place, amen, with God. The Bible says, helps us to understand that Jesus Christ is the only heir, amen, to, to God the Father tonight. And so verse 2, he says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed, he has appointed heir, of all things, of everything that the Father owns, he has appointed it to Jesus Christ. And it's through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. When he has made himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels. Again, he's trying to help them understand that, that there's no other way, amen, to lock into the promises of God, not even through angels. Everything has been appointed, amen, to Jesus Christ. So that means if it's, Jesus is the appointed heir. If he's the appointed heir, that means only those who are in relationship to Christ become joint heirs with Christ. Amen, somebody. If, 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 if I'm a father and, 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 and I die and I leave my estate to my, my son, uh, uh, Paul, uh, a, a man, and, 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 and he's the appointed heir, amen, of, of, of the estate, amen, then, then he's the appointed heir. But, but, but now if he has a family, if he has a wife, and if, if he has a children, then now they also become also joint heirs only, through a, only with a relationship with my son. Amen. Without my son, they get nothing. Without my son, they experience nothing. But with him, if they're in relationship with him, then they are able to also experience the same promises and blessings that I leave. And so that's what God is saying here. God is saying that I leave everything to Christ. He is the heir. He is the appointed heir. But those who are in relationship with him, those who are in covenant with him, not, not those, just those that who know who he is and, and that knows his name, but those who have entered into a born-again believing relationship, then they are also, amen, joint heirs with Christ. So I want to prove the point tonight that if you're a child of God, there are available promises to you because you are a joint heir. You are a joint heir. Okay, where are you at tonight? The promises of God, the promises of God is greater than any promises than any system or any man can ever make available to you. You know, I say that tonight because I get it. I get the 1.9 trillion. I get the, I get the 1,400 stemmies. I, I get all of that. I, I, I get all of, of that. And I've seen people excited. They're dancing. I, I, and, and, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. We don't know everybody's situation, circumstance. But how much more should people be excited about not something? Come on. Come on. Not, not something that's going to be here today and, 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 and gone by the time you leave Amen. Amen. Red Lobster. Amen. Papa Do's, wherever you're going. Amen. But, but, but something that, that's going to remain with you for the remainder of your life on this side and will follow you into in, in the life that we have on the other side. 
We ought to be excited. I don't, I don't understand why people hold their hands down. I don't understand why people don't have a praise, amen, in their breath when they understand that there are many promises of God that trumps every promise of man and system, amen, that is also available to them. So that's why we're encouraged. We, we're encouraged and we have joy and we have praise and we, we glorify God. And the fact that whatever state we're in, it makes no difference when you understand that you have the whole wide world and some at your disposal. So how do we possess, that's the word, Elder Lewis, how do we possess then the promise of God, and it's only by faith. It has nothing to do that you know all 66 books of the Bible. It has nothing to do with, with the tenure of your time in, in, in the church or, or what your parents did for Christ. You can only, amen, possess the promises of God by faith. There's no other way. And, and, and so what faith does, listen, it, it brings us into our relationship, which means it gives us access. That when I come into Christ, when I, when I come into to, to relationship with Jesus Christ, it gives me access to everything. Now, going back to that example, I said with my son, if I, if I, if I leave my estate in a trust, in a trust, I put conditions in the trust. I said, well, my son is uh, uh, able, he's able to possess this, 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 this particular uh, a blessing in the, in the trust, in the estate, if, if, if he achieves this. Now, it's, it's, if he ain't achieved it, listen, it's, a, it's, 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 it's accessible. I mean, it's available, but, but he ain't possessed it. And, and, and so when you come into Christ, everything is made available to you. You have access to it. But then the word comes and it gives instructions on things that qualify us to take possession of what really is already yours. So by faith, we come into the relationship, which gives us access. It makes the promises of God available. But then when we get into Christ, our faith grows in Christ and we're able to, to, to then execute God's word because we're growing in faith. And now we're able to possess that which was also available to us. I hope you get that tonight. So faith brings us in. Faith then, as we grow in faith, we're able to take possession of what's made available to us. Does it make sense tonight? Faith brings us in the door. It says all this stuff is available to you. All of this stuff is available to you. All of these things, you have access to them, but you can't possess them until you meet certain qualifying, amen, situations based on what God speaks to us as relates to his word of God. So then I think I ought to tell you that the primary goal of faith, please hear this tonight. Because I hear people preach this wrong, they teach it wrong, they, they, they're, they're learning wrong. The primary goal of faith is not to possess the promise. The primary goal of faith is not to possess the promise. That is not the goal of faith. The primary goal of faith is not to possess God's, what's the promises that are available to you. That's not the, 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 the goal. That you, you will miss the mark if you did that. Uh, uh, the, the, the primary goal of faith is not to possess the promise, but it is to, the, the primary goal is to please God in obedience. It takes faith to please God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So the object of faith, the goal of faith is to get me, amen, to, 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 to God will be pleased with me because I am, I am obedient to his word. And as we obey his word, we just then subsequently possess the promises. I, I want to say that tonight because, because the possession of, 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 of God's blessings, the faith, that's not the purpose of it. 
God is not a God in a genie body. If, if, I, can, if, if, if I can execute faith here, God will give. That, that's not the purpose of faith. The purpose of faith is I want to please God. I, 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 I want I Jesus died for me. Jesus died so I can come into a relationship with him. And, and God has instructions for me. God has a purpose for me. God has mandates on my life that God wants to use me. I'm a vessel. And, and, and God tells me certain things to do. And my faith, without faith, I can't do what God wants me to do. Without faith, whatever God wants me to do, I'm not going to be able to pull it off. So when I have faith, when God speaks to me like he did Abraham, because I got faith, I'm able to obey him. God is pleased with me. As God is pleased with me, God then gives me part of what is in the inheritance, which allows me to possess the promises of God. You have to understand that tonight. The object of your faith is not to get the promise. That's not, that's not what the goal is. The goal is not to get the promise. The goal is to be pleasing to God. The, 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 the goal is when God says, uh, I love your enemies, to love your enemies by faith. When God says, forgive people by faith, that's what God, because I want to be pleasing to God. I don't know about you all, but, but, but I want to be pleasing to my father. Amen. My father has been good to me. My God, my father has been faithful to me. Amen. My father has delivered and came through time after time again. I want to please my father. And by faith, it's the only way I'm able to consistently please him. That's, the, that's, that's where, if you're a Christian, that's really where your heart should be. If you're a Christian, you can't even be a Christian without that being, amen, your, 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 your number one theme for your life. I want to please God. When God speaks to me, I move. When God says something, I, I, I execute. When God says stand still, I stand still. And every time that I stand still and God tells me to stand still, then God is pleased with me. And every time that I please God based on God's word, because it takes a supernatural faith to believe and execute a supernatural word, then God makes available to me, and I'm able to take possessions of what God has for me. Does it make sense tonight? You, want, you should want to please God. You, you should. See, this is where grace comes in. Because the law, the law tries to legalize your obedience. It tries to make you do something. It, 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 and, and Jesus Christ came. He says he gave us a more excellent sacrifice. He came with grace. And, and grace says, amen, this is what grace says. The, the law says you better do this. Grace says, amen, I beseech you that you do it because Christ has died for you. And because he's died for you, you ought to want to please the Father who gave Jesus Christ for your life. That's what grace says. Grace says you ought to want to please him. You don't, you don't need rules like that. Just because I love God, because I want to please God. When I'm pulling up to a situation of temptation, the number one thing that hits my mind, this is not going to be pleasing. To, forget about my wife. Forget about my children because they may not see me, but God always sees me. So when I pull up for something, in my mind it should be, I want to please God. I've got to go another way. I've got to get back home. I've got to do what I'm supposed to do, even if it's behind the scenes, because I just want to be pleasing to God. That should, be your, that should be our testimony. That's what grace says. Grace says, come on, with Jesus, amen, when he stepped in with the woman who was called in adultery, the reason Jesus didn't beat her down with the word because the word can never be legalized enough to make you consistently stay in God's word. But love comes in, and love fails not. And when you think about what Christ has done and what he has forgave, like he forgave the woman who was called in adultery, every time that she goes to sleep with another man, she thinks about how Jesus stepped in and didn't let nobody throw a rock at her, did not condemn her. Amen, somebody. So you ought to want to be pleasing to God. I hear a lot of folk pulling up and saying, and, and they pull up and they, they say, well, I don't have to do this to be a Christian. You ought to want to please God. Yeah, it should be in you to please God. If you're really saved, the Holy Ghost in you should be always, amen, set to please our Father. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes to convict us because he says this is not pleasing to God, not to my pastor, not to my father on earth, not to my mother on earth, but because I want to please him for all that he has done for me. That's what grace does. So we want to be pleasing to him. 
I want to be pleasing to him. If, I, if I'm at work, I don't want to be lazy and, 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 and just all unsubmitted and rebellious because I can make it think I can get away with it because of my skill set or whatever, that I'm all that. But I want to be pleasing to God. God has given me the grace. So every day I want to be pleasing to him. That's where my heart, if you're, if you're a Christian, listen, if you're, if, if you're a born-again professing Christian, your heart shall always be set that I want to please my father. And the only way to please him, the only way to please the father is I have to have faith to do what he tells me to do. It is not a controlling doctrine. It's a doctrine to get us down the road, to give us the conditions so that we can experience the best of God. But it's only through executing God's word that I'm able to, 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 to flow in what God has for me. But I should want to be pleasing to God. Abraham wanted to be pleasing. That's why God says he's a friend. A friend wants to please you. Amen, somebody. You can't, you can't legalize obedience. Try it with your children. You can't legalize it. You can't make them do something. But you can compel them based on little love for them. And as you love them, and that child gets older, and they think about all that you have sacrificed, all that you have done, it just auto automatically over time should make them do right because they want to be pleasing. <laughs> See, we don't want to talk about this. We want to please everybody else. We, want, we should want to please God. We should just want to be pleasing to God. I had an employee the other day. I had to talk to about an employee. It was about a serious issue. I had to talk to, to this employee the other day. And, and when I started talking to the employee, the, the employee broke down on me. And she broke, the employee broke down. And the, and the employee said, I just want to please you. Don't, 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 don't please me. Don't want to please me. Please God. Because if, if, if you please God, man is already who's hooked up with God. That's already going to be satisfied. So you can please people but not please God. You want to please God and everything connected to God is automatically going to be satisfied. So Abraham, listen, possessed promises of God because he pleased God. He possessed the promises. I hear people running around talking about they got an Abraham. You ain't got no Abraham faith. You, you, I, I get an Abraham faith. No, you, you ain't got no Abraham faith. You better pull up because I'm going to tell you what kind of faith Abraham had. Pull up for a moment. I'm going to tell you what kind of faith Abraham had. Before you go too far with that, let's talk about how, what the, first of all, I want to talk about the, I'm not going to spend it this night, most likely, but, but the validity of, of faith. The validity of faith. Because we're talking about the type of faith, the type of faith. Because, because see, Christians, Christians are banning in Christ because they, they, they got a miscued perspective of, of faith that, that, that should be possessing the promises. And when the possession of the promises is not happening, then, then, then something must be wrong with Christ. Nothing is wrong with Christ. That's what the Hebrew writer was trying to tell the Hebrews in the whole book of Hebrews. Ain't nothing wrong with Christ. What kind of faith do you have? By faith, verse 17, the validity of faith, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. That's the first thing I want you to know tonight. That, that the validity of faith. God is going to validate your faith. I didn't say anybody else. God is going to validate it. If, if you say you're flowing with something, God is going to validate it. If you say you got faith, the size of, the, amen, the size of a muscle seed, the, the, the faith that moves mountains, the, the, the faith that, that just brings heaven down to earth, the faith that just eradicates cancer and nobody got cancer, God's going to validate your faith. He's not validating it for him. 
He's not, he's not validated from a point so he can see if you got faith. God already knows what we have. He wants you to see so if you don't have it, that you have an opportunity to work on it because it's instrumental to your life, essential that what you're going to need it so that we can work on it. The validity of faith. The Bible says that, 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 that by faith Abraham, got, when, 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 when Abraham left home, when God called Abraham out, the Bible says that, 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 that that, that Abraham left out by faith. But that wasn't enough for God. God said, that's not, that, that doesn't, that, 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 that's good, but, 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 but the type of promise I got, that a nation for him, that's not going, that's not going to do it. Can I, can I say this? The greater the promise, the greater the test. He says, that's, that's not going to do it. That was good that he left. Hey, hey man, I, I know good folk that get, get tired of home and leave less than, <laughs> don't even need God to speak to them. They're going to leave home. Amen. So God said, that ain't enough to, just because he left home. But this nation that I have, this seed that's, that's going to be a nation, this child that I'm going to give him and his lot of age, God, God's going to validate that, that, that faith. So the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, faith is to be tested. That's what James chapter 1 verse 3 says, the testing of your faith. Your faith, if you got faith, it is meant to be tested. And I've heard it preached so many times before by different people. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. If you have faith, if you say you have faith, if you believe you have faith, that faith is going to be tested. Again, and God is not testing the faith to see what you have. God knows what you have, what you don't have, what I have, what I don't have. God is testing your faith so you can know where you're flowing. God already knew the type of faith Peter was operating with, amen, in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane when, 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 when Peter denied him three times. God already knew beforehand he was going to fail him, but he needed Peter to know what he was working with. So it's not about God, God, God's going to test me to find out what I'm about. God already knows what you're about. He already knows what you have and don't have. But, but you need to know. So faith is to be tested. I believe this whole pandemic has been one big testing of faith. I've seen good, good heroes of faith. Good, good heroes of faith. Didn't measure out. I seen people that we didn't even know had faith raised to the occasion. Faith is to be tested. If you have faith, it's going to be tested. God tests our faith. God tested Abraham's faith. He tested Abraham's faith and asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son that he had given him at an old age, 100 years old. Now God comes back to him and says, give him to me. That's a testing of faith. God tests our faith. He tests our faith. He tested Abraham's faith. God will test our faith in situations where the word of God is concerned. I, I, I've, I've been up here before. I've, I've, I've came in here and, 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 and gave you a word, and the same word I gave you, God said, is for you too. And, and left out the door, and, 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 and contrary to what the word I had spoken, amen, something, something came, came, came in, and, and, and God was testing that faith. This is the faith you say you have. So your faith is going to be tested. Your marriage is going to be tested. Your, your marriage is not meant to just be on, amen, a roller coaster, amen, on the up climb. Your faith, your, your marriage is going to be tested. Your, your relationship with God is going to be tested. It's meant to be tested. Every time that you go through something, there's a testing of faith. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's God testing, testing, making valid, or validating what you say you have. Bible says when the Son of Man comes to the earth, will he find faith? He's talking about valid faith because all faith is not valid. All faith cannot stand up to the pressures of time. All faith cannot stand the heat sometime. All faith cannot make it all the way through the pandemic and still praise God, still serve God, still tell God, I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to still keep serving you, hell or high water. That's a faith that stands up to, to everything. 
did not let a little COVID-19 put me in a paralyzed, fearful state. Amen. Especially where the church is concerned. I'm not talking about where the job is concerned. Because up there, amen, it ain't no concern. But, but, but only when we try to do something in Christ. So it's going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. God, God will test your faith. And, and, and what the devil does, God will test it and the devil will come and attack it. Remember, God tests the devil attacks. God tests the faith, devil comes to attack the faith. He comes to attack the faith, to erode the faith, to get us to fall down. You, your job is when you go going through is to pray to God to discern what's going on. Who, what, what, what God, what are you doing? But, but every, every attack that God allows... He's still, he's still validating in his faith. When God allowed Job to be tempted and, and attacked by the devil, God still had the upper hand and control over the situation. And God says, I'm going to still use this to validate this man of God. And, and Job did not fall. Job kept serving God. Job kept on following and, and, and staying with God. Although he got weak in the faith, but he stayed with God and he, he knew who his God was. He did not call out to anybody else, but he stayed with God. That's, that's a faith he's looking for. God is going to test your faith. I tell people when they come and come in Christ, when they come in, I give them a word. I tell them you're going to get hit when you leave. Before, before I see you next week, you're going to get hit. You're going to get tested because God, he, he, God, God is going to show you, do you really have what you think you have? Now, God knows through his grace, he knows how to gently do it. He knows how much you can bear at your level of faith. But God is going to allow things to happen. But, but, but God is not going to lose you in the struggle. If you stay with God, God is going to still be there with you. You've got to go through this situation, though. When I went into basic training, I remember I was a young man. I only weighed 100 something pounds, 115, 17 pounds. They say, hey, you sure you want to go? You fit to go in? The equipment that you're going to be carrying is going to be going to weigh more than you. And I, 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 I remember the recruiter told me this. I always let, held, held on to it even when I left the Army. He says, listen here. They're they, they going to do everything they can do to you. They're going to yell at you. They're going to push you. They're going to do all that. Back then, they can do all that. That was back in the 80s. I, mean, I don't know what they're doing now. But, but back then, they did all of that. But this is what, they, this is what that drill sort of said. Don't worry. It's going to be only for 12, uh, uh, nine weeks. They can't go but so far. God knows how much you can take. He knows exactly how much you can take. And God says, don't you worry. It's going to be over with in a minute. You've got to go through this, though. And he's going to validate your faith. That's what God does. What you're going through right now, God is validating. I don't care if a hiccup on your side, if you made a bad decision, God still got you. You got to stay in there. You got to still keep pressing forward in God. You got to still keep worshiping God. You still got to praise God. You still got to give to God. You still got to go on 100% in God because your faith is being validated. Don't ever pull up on God. Pull up on your job. Pull up on other people. Don't you ever pull up on God. Don't you ever in your life pull up on God. Because God is validating you. God has carried us through this pandemic. And he's still carrying us through this pandemic. And God had made promises to us through this pandemic. And God says, don't, don't you pull up. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. We had a situation happen this week. I, 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 I told the church, I said, hey, my, my oldest daughter, God bless her, uh, uh, she, she, she didn't, didn't purchase the first home, and she did it all by herself. And she, she, I'm excited. I, I, we glorified God, and we were smiling, and, and, and I thank Elder Lou. My wife sent pictures out and everything, and, 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 and I'm sitting at work on uh, what day was that, Tuesday? I'm sitting at work on Tuesday. I'm, I'm, I'm in front of a, a, a getting in front of a client, and I'm getting a call on Tuesday. Uh, wife said, hey, look what's going on. I got to rush over here to Paige Newhouse. I said, oh, Lord, I got to go. Well, well, I said, okay, everything will be all right. You call me when you get over there. But by the time she hung up then Paige, she FaceTimed me and showed me. They, they came and installed a washer on the second floor. And when they installed the washer, when this company came and installed the washer, they broke a, 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 a water pipe. By the time she FaceTimed me, 
several hours had went because she left when they left. They just left the washer running. The house was drenched with water. The whole kitchen ceiling came in. So I get over there. I turn off the water to the house. It's still flowing. It's still flowing. It's flowing. It's flowing like the rivers. And, 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 and I said, listen, listen. I, I know how God works, baby. He, 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 this is a blessing. Don't, don't you worry. Don't get discouraged. Everything is going to be all right. And, um, and, and, and the guy, the, the technician was honest. He says, I seen the valve faulty, but I hooked it up anyway. That was the responsibility. Appreciate his integrity. The company steps in and says, we're going to pay for everything. But this is what I told my daughter. I said, look how God works. Your, te- your faith, when God gives you a blessing, when you operate in faith, it's going to be tested. But I said, look, look at this. What, that, that, that valve was going to break anyway. <laughs> it was going to break anyway. Would you have rather for the valve to break and flood your new home? After the installation, when you was going to have to pay for it? Or before it, now you get a brand new ceiling. Now you get brand new floors. Now you get all kind of brand new, and you ain't got to pay or die for it. Come on, give God some praise. See, that this is what I'm telling you. It's going to be validated. But, but, but God is going to do something greater if you just stay with him, keep believing in him, and, and understand what God is doing. That's how God works. So that's the validity of faith. God's going to test your faith. He's going to test you. you. You're going to have your faith tested. You, you, you're going to go to a marriage, and, and it's, it's more about your clothes you put on in marriage. It's more about that wedding day. It's more about your little wedding party. It's more about all your pictures. No, you ain't been tested yet. That marriage is going to be tested. That marriage is going to go through the fire. You, we, we made vows on what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. That's going to be tested. You got to understand. So, so, so every time you come together in faith or believe by faith, it's going to be tested. Get your mind around it. But, but God is not trying to destroy you in it. God is not trying to, uh, a, a man, make it an unpleasant experience. He's just, he's just proving you in it. And every time he proves you in it, he's moving you to another level. So don't, don't get down when you fall. Don't, don't get down. Peter, 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 Jesus told Peter, he says, you're going to fall. But, but this is what he says. He says, I, I pray not that you don't fall because everybody's going to fall. If you think you don't fall, you better leave this message. You better hear it tonight but because, amen, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. Some, some way, somehow, if you ain't failed and you've been in Christ, you've been in Christ long enough, you're going to fall. But he says, you're going to fall. He says, but my prayer is that your faith don't fall. Let your faith stand there. Make sure your faith stays settled in me, and I'll get you back where you need to be. Not only did he get Peter back to be the apostle, but he made Peter the spoken voice of the Holy Ghost come down on the day of Pentecost, exalted Peter over every other disciple because his faith was validated. Sometimes when it looks like you fall, you ain't really fail. You fail, amen, maybe the man, but your, your faith went to another level. You ain't fail until your faith falls. That's the validity of faith. Your faith got to be valid. Your faith has got to be tested. You spend your whole life talking about what you, the bad decision you made. The whole life on, you're you going to fall. Fall seven times, get back up. You're going to fall. Then now you fail seven times, you're going to fall again. Now don't keep falling the same way. But you're going to fall. <laughs> Come on, church. But, but don't let your faith fall. God told, Jesus told Peter, he said, you ain't even seen it coming, but you're going to fall. He said, I'm just praying that your faith don't fall. I'm just praying that your faith remains valid. I'm just praying that you remain with me. And when Jesus came back, after he had fallen, Jesus came back and said, all I want to know if you still love me. Are you still ready to go and do some great things with me? That's the validity of faith. Then I want to look at the working of faith. And I'm I'm not going to be able to go any further than this. The working of faith. See, your faith is working for you. Your faith, James says what? Faith without works is what? Dead. Faith is a working faith. It has to be seen. 
It has to be shown. It has to be, it's a faith that has to be seen. It's, it's a faith that has, has to have legs and, and it, it, it has to be able to move. It, 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 has to, it has action with it. It's not a faith that just remains dormant. It's not a, a faith that, that remains on the shelf just aside of faith. It's a faith that works. It's, it's a working faith. Verse 17 says this, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, listen, when he was, he was tested, he offered up Isaac. Listen, by faith Abraham, when he was what? Tested, what did he do? He offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises, he received the promises, he, now, when he said he received it, it means he received it by revelation, but he had not possessed the seed as a nation of Israel yet. He had not, remember the promise was not Isaac, that the greatest promise in that promise was the fact not just Isaac, but it, was be, it would be Isaac's seed. It would be the 12 tribes of Israel. It would be, amen, millions of people that would be a nation unto to Abraham. So, so what he's saying here is, is, is that by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. <laughs> Remember, Abraham is, all, is, is, is past 100 years old here. He already waited 25 years to get Isaac. He already waited 25 years, and that was a hard wait for him. Now God is telling Abraham to offer him up to me. To, and, and, and the offer up don't, don't mean to bring him to the temple and leave him so he can serve. To offer up means to put him out here on the altar and to slay your child. Unto worship unto me. And the Bible says that Abraham offered and he sacrificed Isaac. See, see, it, it comes a time in Christianity where you got to put up a shut up. It, it, it comes a time in, in Christianity where, where you got to put your money where your mouth is. It, it, it comes a time in, in Christianity that, that when you say that you got faith, you love God, amen, there's a working, there's, there, there's something that God is going to act, ask to be acted out by your faith. And it's going to normally come in a very inconvenient time. It's going to be a very uncomfortable circumstances in that particular situation. I don't know about you, but God called more on me during this pandemic, called me to do things in the pandemic they never have. And it was a very inconvenient time, this pandemic, for me. I, I went through it. I'm going through it just like everybody else. I remember what 12 months was. I remember total lockdown. And, 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 and I heard God said, I heard say, he says, I need more of you. I said, more of me. He said, I said, shoot, everybody else is, is you know, we, we relaxing. I mean, come on. They, 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 they've made it popular. Come on now to shut yourself in. And, and, and God says, I'm requiring more of you now. I'm requiring more of your finances. Come on, church. I'm, I'm requiring. I, I, I gave the church a testimony on how we're doing with a certain project in the church. I don't worry about how it's coming. Amen. It's coming on the back door. But, but I know what God is calling his people to do. I know the pool God has on me right now. God says, I'm calling everything out of you now. It's in a very inconvenient time when God will call it. So, see, 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 so whatever, this is what he did. He, got, got, he showed his faith, the working faith, because he says, I'm going to give this son back to God. If, if you're on camera, you ain't muted your phone. He did get silent in here. Because I'm talking about giving something back to God now. You, 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 your volume is fine. Everybody got silent because I'm talking about giving back to God now. See, when you, when you have faith, 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 faith says that, that, it, that if I give it, that means I've got faith in it. I, I, I can't give nothing to what I don't have faith in. And I'm not talking about the bare, mere minimum, but remember, uh, uh, offering to God. I'm, I'm talking about God called, he called Abraham to give everything. He called him to give his, his only begotten son. He called him to give Isaac at, at, at an age that, that I, Abraham knew well in his mind that God, that, that he had no other children, that he would probably never get another child. So, so this is what he says. So this is what I want to say. Whatever era of your life that we offer to God, that we present to God is the era of our life that we have faith in. What I mean by that is right here. 
There's some people can, can, can have faith in one area of your life but don't have faith in another area. The, the, the way to tell if you have faith in something, are you able to give it to them? Are you able to go past the bare minimum? I, I know folk, I know women and men who have faith in the opposite sex, have faith in, in, in their relationship partner, whoever, and they'll give their whole life. That means that I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not shooting that down, but what that means is they got faith in that individual. They got faith if I give you 30 years of my life, if I give you my whole life, if, if we get married at, amen, if we get married in our 20s and we stay together until our 90s, I've literally given you my whole life. I, I, I got a lot of faith in this individual. I got a lot of faith in this individual that, that, that what I'm, I, I'm giving, I'm going to be blessed based on what I'm giving. So whatever area of your life that you give to God is the error that you tell God that I do have faith in you. It's a working faith. But if you got areas of your life that you have a problem giving to God, then, then you don't have faith in God. And I'm not talking about God gave, I, Abraham gave God the minimum. No, he did not. He went all the way with it. And I don't know about you, but God is calling us in this season to, to, to go all the way as God has went all the way with us. Amen. If, 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 if I don't give my family totally to God, then I don't have really faith in God with my family. See, because faith says I got to give up control. Faith says I've got to give up control, and, and I don't have the details on how it's going to look on the other side. But, 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 but my belief tells me that God is a good God. My, my belief tells me that God is an able God. My, 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 my belief tells me that God knows what he's doing. But my belief tells me that he's Lord and he's in control, and he's going to continue to work it out for my good. So if I give my wife to God. And I say, God, you, you just show me how to, to do this. And I, I give my family to God. That's, I have faith in God in that era. If you give your finances to God. I've seen people in this pandemic. I've seen this people in this pandemic. Not just in this church. In, many, in, in just many walks of life in, in, in the kingdom of God. Continue, continue, and go over and beyond what they ever did with God financially. That's the area of their life that they show God, that they, they're showing, they're showing, they're displaying that they have faith in God. Because if I give it to God, 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 God knows what he's doing, and God is going to make it, it abound back into my particular life. You can't say, listen, you can't, you can't say, you can't, you can't say that out of, out of everything that you get, Come on, church, financially, you've got to have faith in him, and faith tells you to, to bring it to God. Faith tells you that, that the, what God calls the minimum, he says that, but then, then God says there's this. Uh, see, people don't want to talk about that. They, 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 we, we want everything else. We want the word. We want this. But when it comes to get, that's where your faith has to be because where your faith is, it pleases God. Some of our finances is not pleasing God. It's not pleasing to God because, because God is, is, is not being blessed. Amen, somebody. So whatever area of your life, you, you ought to give to God. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something. Prophetically, what's going to happen in the next year to two years in this nation, with everything that's going on, you're going to need God more than you think financially. And, 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 and the ones that God is responding to are the ones that, that has their finances. Oh, can I tell you this? God ain't meant for you to work two and three jobs. He has not meant, he has not called you to, 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 to abort your family, to abort his mission, to do all these things, and you're still coming up short. I've learned a long time ago to do what's right with God. Do what's right where finances is concerned with God because the Bible says wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Or wherever your treasure is, where your treasure is focused, that's where your heart is. So I'm, I'm finished tonight, but I just want to let you know tonight God is going to test your faith. And it's, it's more than singing about faith. It's, it's, it's about working your faith. It's about God is going to ask you. He's going to ask you. He's always asking us. 
He's always asking us to settle up with him. He's always asking us, and we can never, don't get that wrong, we can never settle up with it. We can never repay God for all that God has done. But God is going to come and say, hey, you, 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 got to, you got to do right with me. He called Abraham to give up Isaac, and, and Abraham went and gave Isaac. And when he gave Isaac, it, it validated his faith. The Bible says it, it was the consummation of his faith. It showed God, this man really has faith in me. He really has faith in me. I don't know about you, but I want to please him in this hour. I, 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 I want to continue to please him. I, I want to please everybody, but, 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 but I want to please God. And if I could just please him, then those who are supposed to be pleased are going to be pleased. Some people you'll never please. But of those who are hooked up with God, they're going to be pleased. I, I just... I just want to please. I want to give him my life. I want to want, want him to have the best of my life. And I promise you, this season that we're in and this season that we're coming in is going to be the best blessing to the children of God. It's going to be the best blessing to the children of God. God is not going to let the children of God get out of this, out of this earth without a huge blessing. This is your hour now. So we thank you for viewing tonight. God bless you. If you're going through something, stick with God. He's not going to lose you. He's not trying to destroy you. He's validating what, what you have. You got more than what you think you have. You got more faith in you than you think you have. Learn to say like Paul tells the church at Philippi, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me tonight. You can do it tonight. Don't say you can't do it. Keep standing in the fire. Keep serving God. Keep walking with God. And even though you have failed, long as your faith has not fallen, you're still going to be okay. Then we work. We, we, we're working. We, we're presenting to God. Presenting. Presenting my bodies. Not just my finance, but the Bible says present my bodies. Being out here laboring for God. Serving God. Giving Him everything that I have. And God will sell Him. He'll do the rest. Amen. Eternal Lord, I God, listen, we thank you for viewing tonight. Eternal Lord, I God, we thank you. We praise you for those tonight, God, who need a relationship with Jesus. We pray for their relationship now. That they will accept Jesus Christ, the Lord, and save their life. So, God, we thank you tonight. We praise you. We give you honor and glory tonight. We pray for their relationship. We pray tonight, God, for repentance tonight. Pray that Jesus, Jesus is you tonight, God, the object of our faith tonight, God. We want to be pleasing to you tonight. You've done so much for us. You have been so good for us and to us tonight, God. And we just come tonight to say thank you. And we want to live our life, God, being pleasing to you. And so, God, again, we thank you. We pray tonight for those on the south of the nation who are experiencing the tornadoes that you will uh, give, be, be a refuge, be a pavilion for them, be, be a place of safety for them, God. So, again, God, we thank you tonight. We give you honor, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And every heart said, amen.